You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting and screenwriters and anything to do with the film and television business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and this is the episode that is a final episode of the year 2021, and I thought I would do a couple of things. Because this episode is being uploaded on a Christmas day, I thought I would review or critique Christmas-related movies or Christmas-themed movies. And I will also be doing a review of a show later. So, let's get right into this. So, Christmas-themed movies. Now, when you watch a Christmas-themed movie, you will find themes of kindness, giving, love, and family overshadowing everything else in these Christmas movies, including the warmth that they bring up on top of the carols, the singing, the winter nights, and... The gifts, of course. But there is one fatal flaw. Not really that fatal, but what I am going to tell you is most of these Christmas movies are actually rom-coms. They focus on a little love. They're, they're too formulaic. And the reason for that is they have characters who apparently are redeemable. So there are no characters in these films that are beyond redemption. And love always finds a way to everybody. This is where the rom-com bit comes in. Because you always have, as part of the family, it's a heterosexual standard family. It's a traditional family. Now, these films... If they are family-oriented, they feel forced. And the reason for that is a lot of these films focus on blood relations, blood relatives coming together and their struggles and coming to terms and accepting each other as part of the family. And in the end, why not? Everyone's happy. Too formulaic, too cliche. Now, some of these films we do have Santa. But also, if you were to compare any religion-based movies, you will find they're eerily similar. So, these Christmas films, what they really are, are Christmas movies masquerading as 
religious movies, or rather, religious movies masquerading as Christmas movies. Now, here's my question: Why, or oh why, or oh why, on God's green earth, are they not including minority groups such as color people, like? People from India, like characters from India. Now, that needs to be said. Not that I'm against the normal narrative here, but it is a narrative that needs to look at itself in the mirror. To be quite honest, the other minority group that needs to be included. Are the LGBTQ community like seriously? If you are focusing on themes of kindness, giving, love, and family, overshadowing everything else in these Christmas movies, you can easily accomplish that using these characters. Now, I don't know why it hasn't been adopted yet in Christmas movies, but. I do believe we have an opportunity here to get there. Now, it is possible that the industry itself or the audience isn't ready because a lot of these movies are coming from big studios with big budgets. So maybe they're not ready. Who knows? However, when I say that these these films, when it comes to family-oriented films, that they feel forced, I mean that I strongly believe that it is the bond that is thicker than blood. So the family bonding thing on Christmas. It's a noble effort, but it's forced because they are only looking at blood relations here. But what if you, you focused a little bit more? I know there are some films that focus on people who are people or characters who are unrelated unrelated to each other, but. I would have to say that this needs to change. So basically, in a film, in a Christmas film, if it's everything to do with giving and love, if that was the main theme, main take takeaway. From the Christmas movies, if that is the main thing that the filmmakers want us to take away by making these Christmas movies, then I have a question for you: How many forms of love are there? Because I did a episode on this, not here on this show, but I have a separate show on YouTube called the Story Dude Show, where I did an episode. But 
religion-based films and how it is possible to make a great one without all this cliché or without them being too preachy. You may want to go check that out. Now, ask yourself, if you're a filmmaker, ask yourself how many forms of love are there. It's not limited to boy meets girl. That is a perverted viewpoint. If you believe, or if you are, if your vision is restricted to that, then you are perverted. I'm sorry to say. However, there are different forms of love. Between a parent and child, between an extended family relative and a child, between siblings, between grandparents and a child, between cousins, between friends, you know, you know, it goes on. Now, I would have to put forth this. You can easily use other characters to show the love between those characters. It does not have to be exotic. It does not have to be sexual. It does not have to be erotic. All it has to do is show the relationship between those two characters. Now, I hope that this is possible sometime in the future only if filmmakers step up to the plate think different and think outside the box to be more precise so after the break I'm going to talk about the show Krypton there were mixed reviews on this I'm going to give you my review and I'm going to tell you what needed to happen. So stay tuned. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters, and then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder, is actually an expert in the industry, and you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at screenwritingu.com. That's screenwritingu with a capital U dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins.
Welcome back. So before the break, I was talking to you about everything that is wrong with Christmas-themed films. Went over the things, and I told you what needed to be done. And I gave, I believe, examples of what can be done. So moving forward to close off the show for the year and the season. I've been keeping tabs on a show called Krypton. So far, I've seen two seasons. Now, unfortunately, that has come to an end and there'll be no more producing of any more seasons, which is kind of a bummer. Now, when I have a look at the show itself, I looked at it from season one right through to season two, the last cliffhanger of season two. And my thoughts were, it was interesting that there were a couple of characters that could have worked, namely Seagal and Leita, or Leita, as Seagal would call her. But the critics were pointing out that some of the villains that were showcased in the show, we already know they exist. We already know their origin. We already know what they're going to do. There's nothing special here. So that was one of the critiques. Now I can see where they're going with this, but... However, they're calling this a show without Superman. And my thoughts were, duh, that is exactly the point of the show. This is a prequel that is unveiling the events prior to Krypton exploding and the birth of our favorite alien superhero, Cal-El, or Superman, as we more commonly know him as. But I would like to still refer to him by his Kryptonian name, Cal-El. So I'm going to be referring to him that way. Anywho, to be honest... I'm going to have to disagree with the critics on this one. Saying that this is a show without Superman, it is a true statement, but they forget what prequels are all about. And I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Or rather, I'll give you three primary examples of this. We have... The Hobbit. This is the pre-Lord of the Rings prequel. We have Fantastic Beasts. 
pre-Harry Potter series, we had the Star Wars series. Now, even though it's still Star Wars, the characters in the latest one, which is still a prequel, this is actually the origin of Darth Vader. Now, we also had Smallville, which is also a pre-Superman type show, which is my favorite. But uh, we had the main character going through this before he became exactly that, what we would expect. But the history of how he came to be or how he was shaped his ancestry is just as important in my opinion I don't know how many of you share this opinion but I believe it to be true and then I do agree that they keep bringing these villains from other worlds. You know, they really need to keep it on Krypton. So my, my suggestion, if this show were really to be revamped, I would suggest that Sieg L prove his grandfather's innocence. Because right in the pilot episode of Krypton, we saw Val L, the grandfather, Sieg L, so that would make him the great, great grandfather of Superman or of Kal El, and him being banished to the Phantom Zone. You know, I'm thinking instead of calling it the Phantom Zone, I'm thinking of calling it place where you know where or to you know where something to that effect anywho there was a missed opportunity there where Krypton could have taken advantage of the producers could have taken advantage of that and said okay Seagal needs to prove his grandfather's innocence and plead with the Kryptonian Council to bring him back from the Phantom Zone or the you-know-where from back from you-know-where. Okay. Enough said. I do believe that Krypton can continue, but there needs to be a whole lot of changes. The one thing I will disagree with the critics on is that it is a show without Superman, which is technically true, but that is the whole point of this show. So them expecting to have Superman or be Superman is kind of pathetic. So with that being said, Thank you for listening to this last
episode after Saturdays with the Story Dirt Show. I hope to see you again next year with our new episodes. Like I said, it's going to be less slushy. And thank you for staying with me for this year. And with that being said, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and until I post another one of these episodes again, don't forget to turn that page.